Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Women Who Innovate on Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to collaborate and co-create? Women Who Innovate is a place where innovators share their stories, their challenges, and successes. If you challenge orthodoxies, are uncomfortable with the status quo, not afraid to fail, this is the show for you. Join the conversation. Dial 914-338-0796 because your ideas have never been more important. Welcome to Women Who Innovate. Today we're asking you, are you fit to lead? Our workforce looks very different from 50 or even 15 years ago. Women now make up nearly half of the labor force and play a critical role in our nation's economy. In fact, 57% of the workforce are women, and 74% of these women work full-time. So why is there a gap of women in leadership positions or leading the innovation charge? Today I'm interviewing Ashley Tappan and Jessica Finnick to explore why getting fit goes, goes beyond looking your best. Although executive presence plays a role in our advancement, today we are going to explore how fitness impacts leadership and innovation. Ashley and Jessica, welcome to the show, my badass friends. How are you? <laughs> Always great to see you and hear you, Leah. Fabulous so, Ashley, so far. <laughs> let's let's go let's go ahead and get started with you, Ashley. Share a few things about yourself. And then let's take a deep dive into what is fit to lead and why why is it important? Sure. Well, um I am let's see, I'm a forty seven year old mother and married lady and I um have been working in the field of consulting and executive coaching for the past almost twenty years, eighteen years I'm in. And uh, what is fit to lead and why is it important? Uh, Let's see. So I had an idea um, that stemmed from my my having been an athlete in my youth. Uh, And then I wasn't. I think I got caught up in school and then my new career and and it just kind of fell away. And then when I had a sports routine back in my life, uh, the difference it made for me was such a bright beacon of light. Uh, and th- I got into a particular sport called triathlon, and I just loved, loved, loved it. And I noticed that there were uh, shorter triathlons that made participating in the sport, because in triathlon you do swimming and biking and running. And that seems like a lot. You know, some people just master running, right? So, um uh, because there are shorter triathlons, it was much more accessible to people who have jobs, right, and are parents and have responsibilities outside of um, just working out. And so it inspired me to get other people involved because what it provided for me was that um, it inspired me, it gave me energy, uh, and probably more than anything, it brought leadership distinctions to my life and my work that uh, I I just thought were 
the cat's meow, the, you know, just really the, the thing that made a difference for me in my life. And then I started to see um, statistics that spoke to that. Um, so I can speak about that in a moment, but that's kind of the short answer. You know, and I think that that regular exercise gives you energy throughout the day. And I think it one does. of the problems with with myself, I'm I'm a consultant, I make myself get up and um, go outside, take a quick swim, and come back. And I think my confidence and creativity is directly linked um, to the fact that I have that freedom to get up and go outside and, and be in the sun a little bit. Yeah. Well, you're not the only one that thinks that. There's um, a report out that Ernst & Young authored uh, just last year about making the connection between women, sport, and leadership, and they found what you found. Uh, and they they found that not only does it energize them and give them confidence, but they said that um, they feel 74% of the people surveyed said that they felt that uh, having a background in sport, and that doesn't mean you have to be a pro basketball athlete. That could just mean that you go out for a swim or you go for a run, that it can help accelerate your career. 74%, that's a lot. And these well, are people I, who are in the C-suite. Well, and I think what it does, it also removes just like depression and and tendencies towards anxiety or um the effects of not having a good a good restful sleep off the table when you exercise. Now ladies, we had a new caller who came in from the 484 area code. Um hi caller. Who's calling in? Hi, it's Liz Coyle. Liz Coyle. Hey Liz. Hello, hey, ladies. Oh my gosh. Okay, badass friend number 3. So Liz, That's we're going right. to get your input here in just a few minutes. So so I I do think that that the the relationship between getting out there and having that discipline to exercises helps productivity and energy, which I think is directly linked to creativity. And you're not going to be an innovator if you have not set aside time for yourself um, that has um, clear thoughts and how to how to um, envision and innovation, how to connect dots, I think that's all um, related to a fitness routine. So one of the things I wanted to to jump into next was Jessica, because I definitely want to interview our callers. Jessica, you were diagnosed with cancer not too long ago, and you've moved from getting healed of that diagnosis into triathlons. And first of all, I didn't know there was a triathlon season. In Palm Beach, we have <laughs> social seasons, not triathlons. So share a little bit um, about that, and I'd love to ask Liz Coyle a couple questions after that. Go ahead, Sure. sure. Thank you. Um, first of all, I am a mother of a teenager, which I love and enjoy being with her. I have a huge passion for the job that I have, which is information management and being at AstraZeneca as the Global Digital Governance Director, so adding value to, uh, to AstraZeneca through that role. Um, my story, and as you entered with that, is, you know, everyone – dreads get, getting that typical, you know, put in quotes, cancer call. Mine was May of uh, 2013. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Sitting in my office, I was on a call. I was to fly to Switzerland two days later, and I had forgotten I had a diagnostic test on four days prior to this. My life was so hectic, I just didn't, didn't even think about it. And um, my doctor was quite persistent in trying to get through to me. And finally, when she made contact with me over my cell phone, 
I had her spell the word cancer because that's how out of touch I was and in total disbelief. And soon as I came to grips with that by sitting in my office, I went into rapid, rapid, you know, remission road. I was a super high-end project manager of my life and my health at that point, and I knew that that was going to be an inflection point for me to turn what I had been doing in the past and had to turn around and change um, change my behavior going forward. So I was... Um, Starting, I had surgery done on May 20th of that, just six days later, which was great. And I, from that point on, I had a different attitude toward my treatment plan. Hmm. That's incredible. And I might also add, during this entire diagnosis, you were leading a team, you were maintaining your workload, and being a wife and a mother. So, mm-hmm. and inspiring True. people that you don't even know you inspired. So I love that story. So... So you also, was one of your first um, adventures into fitness is when you, you were swimming, right, up in New York City? That is true. That is true. So even despite, um, you know, I, I have this tendency of really creating crazy, ambitious goals for myself in the fitness arena. So I love having something that's so out there that uh, just it just pulls my heart closer to it. And that's what I love about Fit to Lead is um, – I, I can set those ambitious goals. And so my passion was around Diana Nyad, which many of you know. Um, I watched her swim and these little blinking dots on my screen as she was swimming from Cuba to Key West. This was multiple attempts that she had. And I was so proud of her, just remotely and virtually, as I followed her along her journey, that I decided, and she was generous, she was doing a fundraiser in New York right in front of Macy's. They constructed a swimming pool, 50-meter swimming pool, and I was determined, they had an open lottery system, that I was going to swim next to her. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't even know how to swim. I mean, that's where I was working from. So I got in the lottery system. I got selected for a time slot, and I joined her um, after she had done her Key West swim. And it was I did what I needed to do. I did a backstroke. I told her uh, staff that that's what was going to happen, and I had the pleasure to do about six laps with her in this pool. And that, again, catapulted me into the arena of anything is possible. And even Ashley does this to me all the time, too, of why not? I'll say something, and she'll like, why not? Why not do that? And that's what I think the exciting part, again, is stretching yourself in the fitness arena is all about. Thank you for sharing that story, Jessica. And, you know, when we were at, all of us were at annual conference this year with HBA, um, I had the great pleasure of listening to both Liz Coyle and Julie Kelly talk how they trained to walk the Grand Canyon. Now, I'm telling you, first of all, they trained for months, and then they did it, and and. People were falling down the mountain, the canyon. People were getting airlifted out, and yet they did it. And then they were back at work the next week. Now, I'm telling you, if I would have done something like that, everyone within 50 miles of my home would have known I did that. They were so humble. So let's share our story. Why did you do this? What motivated you to go out and just put yourself in danger to get this? Uh, So this is Liz. I guess I'm just a crazy person. (laughs) But we actually signed up to participate in that event. It supports the Project Athena Foundation. 
which is an association made up of some adventure racers, you could call them. They're the people that do those five-day, ten-day out in the jungle climb the mountain races that most of us think are craziness. But anyway, so Robin Menacasa started a foundation to help women who are uh, recovering from some significant physical or mental ailment to have a, have a significant accomplishment, some kind of a race or a challenge. So she set up this foundation, and she organizes a variety of events. And it's, the groups that go are always a mix of recovering people and non-recovering people. And you basically go on this journey together through this incredibly difficult situation. And um, why did you do it? So you do it because once you begin setting goals for yourself and accomplishing unbelievable goals, like Jessica just mentioned, it's kind of interesting to set the next one. And once I personally did my own first triathlon, then you did a second triathlon, then you're like, okay, well, what is next for Liz and what is next for Liz? And you just basically continue to get energy from setting bigger and more challenging goals. Of course, you don't think about the safety aspects or the danger aspects. You think about, okay, the goal and what you learn and what you learn through sort of all these fitness activities is that if you have a goal and you create a plan and you follow the plan and you get the tips from experts and you get some hints from people who have done it before and you work with someone who knows what they're doing, you can, in fact, move through the process and accomplish the goal sort of like without, without failure. Um, if you sign up for things and you don't plan, you don't practice, you don't get ready, of course you don't succeed. So one of my personal big learnings is you can go after those big, incredibly impossible goals as long as you commit to the steps that are required ahead of that, which is understanding what's required and following the process and the plan to be prepared. And then when you get there, you're prepared and you're ready and you move through the steps and you accomplish it. And so, that's the actual leadership that's concept, the leadership. the link right there. There it is. That is the link. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's, it's, so, it's so clear that if you want to get ahead professionally, you have to have your eye on a goal, and you have to have a plan to get there. You have to know what you have to develop and practice to get there. And then you have to move yourself forward and measure yourself and make sure you're getting better. You have to know what done looks like. You have to know what good looks like. Like It's clear when you're swimming what a good pace is, but when you're in the office, like what does a good presentation look like? What does a good meeting look like? I mean, you have to sort of begin to try to understand those dimensions, and then you can improve yourself. So all those things that you do to prepare and accomplish a physical challenge, if you do them at work, you move ahead. You you basically, without fail, will move ahead. Absolutely. Now we have another caller that just uh, dialed in, 609 caller. Who Who is calling in and say hello? Hi, this is Julie Kelly. How is everybody oh today? Oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the radio waves are going to explode now. So this is Liz's <laughs> partner in crime who cli- or, or climbed down the canyon and then back up again. Welcome, Julie. Good to have you on the show. We're we're drawing the link between fitness and and leadership. And Liz was just talking about how she worked her plan, and and that's so pivotal. So what was the one thing, Julie, when you were going up and down the canyon? What what came to mind other than why am I doing this? Am, am I crazy? <laughs> well, all those things went through my mind, um, but I was thinking how leadership is fluid and how through the entire journey we all took turns being a leader. And I think that one of the key lessons that I learned through that was that sometimes to be a, a good leader, you need to know when to ask for help. And there were times on that journey when I needed help, 
and I had to swallow my pride and ask for help. But there are lessons that you can apply in the workplace because good leaders know when to ask for help. And there are the parallels that I draw between my experience in the canyon and leadership. You know, and, and to Liz's point, you know, planning and, and training, it, it it's the same. You know, whether it's an athletic event or it's work, um, there's a lot of parallels there. But what I will say is that by working fitness into my life, that really has kept me grounded and helped me manage stress at work. And in terms of sense of accomplishment, when I'm having some, maybe a not-so-good day at work, I know that I can go out and do something for myself and feel that sense of accomplishment from an athletic perspective. And then I feel stronger and relaxed and, and ready and recharged to go back to tackle the work, the workload, if you will. Well, that's exactly right. So, and, and, and this brings in employers as well. They're hugely interested in healthy employees and happier employees and more productive employees. So uh, a healthy workforce is less likely to get sick. So, Ashley, um, this is something that you've been focused on, is are keeping organizations and companies um, healthier and more productive. How does Fit to Lead fold into all of this? Well, I think that in order to make it important to the business, you have to make it good for business. So uh, what makes an idea like uh, Fit to Lead good for a business is uh, some of what you've already said, Leanna. Uh, You know, it makes people more healthy. It makes them more energized. It makes them more curious. It makes them more able to handle difficulty, change, transition. Resilient, yeah. It makes them more resilient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think um, you can't, and you can't also, uh, just like, you know, with your own performance, uh, you can't assume that the company is going to make that connection. You have to be able to do um, what Liz was just saying, which is to uh, be clear about what it's producing and what what it's going to produce and then deliver on those objectives. So, and I completely agree on that. Um, keeping down healthcare costs, Increasing that productivity and fitness, it's all tied in to, I believe, our economy. Now, I want to, um, Liz actually mentioned something, or or maybe it was Julie. Um, I want to ask you, Jessica, and then let's mm-hmm. go to Liz and then Julie and then back to you, Ashley. How do you see yourself in three years? And not only your fitness journey, but your leadership journey. What, what, does success in your personal fitness and leadership life look like? That's a great question. I love, and I know all of us ladies do this, is I really like doing a vision board to ground me in things that inspire me that I see out there. So I have a constantly, you know, post-it vision board in front of me with quotes, pictures. How I see myself is really, again, asking that why not question at junctures in my professional life as well as my fitness. So when I think, and I've reached, you know, five triathlons this year alone in my first uh, inaugural year of doing triathlons, um, and as Liz changes and, you know, reaches for that next bar, um, I can see myself on a consistent path in following that. So I set that up and enjoy Again, those stretch goals. What And I want to be realistic with myself. Am I having fun? You know, still doing it? Not just doing it for the sake of, you know, other people expect that of me, but what really motivates and drives me? 
and it's ever-changing, you know, and my interests are changing, which is exciting as well. For one ambitious goal I do have, uh, following in the footsteps of both uh, Liz and Julie, is I've signed up for the Athena project as well, but for 2016's plan of going from Key Largo to Key West. So I have a person in our office here that's going to be in Athena, and I am so excited about being one of the supporters following her and her journey in this in this uh, adventure. That's, oh, that's amazing. Okay, Liz, wow. let's go to you. Okay, so one thing that has surprised me in my fitness journey is I've learned how much people watch you and they pay attention to what you're doing. And so my fitness journey has actually significantly impacted my family life and my friends because what we do now is we go out and we walk or we hike. We don't sit at the bar or eat fattening foods at restaurants as much as, much as we used to. So this this journey that I'm on personally is having a nice ripple effect into my family and into my friends. And in in the out years, I'd like to see more and more of my social and family life be centered around fitness and health and more focused on let's walk here and let's, let's bike there rather than let's get in the car and drive or let's just go and plop. So that's kind of my sort of what I'd like to see happen in the next couple of years, that my 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 I don't know, my collection of athletic people and, and fitness-related people and fitness conversations increases, and my sort of um, laziness or my, um, I don't know what you would call it, couch potato-ness decreases. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, personal couch potato-ness, that. if that's an adjective. Couch potato-ness, okay. <laughs> okay, Julie, you're on. I'm on. So I, I have been... Um, very much into fitness my entire life. Um, from a very young, from a very young age, I've been on teams, and you know, and was a collegiate athlete. And, and fitness has been the constant in my life. But what I have seen recently is that uh, while I still uh, focus on the physical activity, that fitness has has really become more important when it comes to stress and emotional health. And I think in, in the workplace, you know, you talk about being fit to leave and now we're all going to do steps and this and that. People think it's, it's you know, oh, well, now I have to be an athlete. It's not about that. It's about whole, total fitness, spiritual, you know, emotional and physical fitness. So where I see uh, my fitness journey or leading as I get older is being more conscious and making more an effort to be fit emotionally and, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, sure. you know, we can't forget that it's a really important part. And as a leader, that has that has really evolved for me. Um, you know, as a young leader, um, I, I was very different as I've matured and, and become more comfortable. But also, uh, you know, think about my own health. I learned how to manage things better, which make me a better leader. Um, like I said, uh, spiritually and emotionally, those, those healthy, having health in both those areas as well has helped me. And that's how things are, I hope, to continue to evolve for me as the years go on. Well, that's fantastic. And Ashley? Well, I love your question. I, I must admit I've not thought out that far, so it was uh, fun to imagine uh, December 2018 would be three years from now. And um, I would like to, um, in December 2018, be enjoying... Uh, a healthy life, and what that looks like to me is that I'm racing. I'm 
maybe even more importantly, keeping up with my four-and-a-half-year-old, which in December 2018, he will be seven-and-a-half. So that's a really fun prospect to imagine him at seven-and-a-half. And uh, he's already said at four-and-a-half that he wants to do races with me. So what will that look like as a seven-and-a-half-year-old triathlete? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Isn't that fun? It makes you giggle. Yeah, it's cool. Um I also, you know, as um, and very conscious of my aging and some of the genetic propensities in my family, um, I'm very committed to um, keeping my cholesterol low, uh, continuing to work on um, alternative ways to be pain-free from arthritis. You know, I've got like chronic arthritis in my family, and so I, you know, I want to. I'm not real good with pain, but. Um, so I want to keep exploring that and how to be enjoying my life, you know, because the statistics say I'm going to live a long time, so I want to really enjoy it. And then the last thing that I'm thinking about um, is influencing and touching hundreds of people's lives, um, touching their lives in a way that really has them consider starting, and not just consider, actually starting a transformational journey of their own. So you've heard you know, Julie and um, Liz and Jessica all shared their transformations. And uh, that just, it just touches my heart for people to get their greatness that way uh, through whatever journey that is, whether it's a marathon or a triathlon. Uh, But I think uh, these fitness journeys have the opportunity to um, transform people and how they see the world. And and I, I would love to be able to touch more people that way. Now, I have a question for you. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, is this how the Fit to Lead movement came to HBA? Sorry, what's you the cut history, out. Uh, what's the history with HBA and Fit to Lead? How did it get started? Is anybody there? Yeah, we're here, Ashley. Mm-hmm. We can hear you. Oh, Liz, can you answer Hello? that question? Yes, I can answer the question. Sure. Um, it really is the brainchild of Ashley and Bonnie Wingate. Who, if I tell Jessica. the story correctly, Ashley went to a triathlon, and <laughs> I'll have to keep talking, and she'll keep. She went. She was participating in a triathlon, and at this triathlon she was at, they were there might have been a thousand people there, and they asked the question, how many were first timers, and about four hundred or five hundred people raised their hand as first time triathletes. Wow. And she she was sort of impressed by the fact that this was kind of a growing interest in, growing interest in sports, and a lot of the women there were professional women. So sort of with that in her mind and her passion for developing women leaders and weaving together sort of the health and fitness activity of women leaders, what she brought to the HBA in Greater Philly was an idea to start to enable women to try to work on a significant accomplishment that was something other than maybe just getting promoted. And in Ashley's mind, that was completing a triathlon. So she offered to put together an entire mentoring program for our chapter and offered to run that for the chapter where she created a community of women. She brought together uh, mentors, or I'd call them coaches, right? In athletics, they're called coaches, to give us tips and techniques. She got us together every week to talk on the phone, and we did think we, we did workouts together. And she basically mentored us through all the steps we needed to go through to accomplish the actual triathlon, and we did in one year. And there are probably about 20 women that did that the first year. 
And so all the steps you would take a mentee through, let's set some goals, let's be clear with what we're trying to accomplish, let's understand what the challenges are, let's bring experts to the table. And then from there, the concept of using fitness as a hub for networking, using fitness as a hub to um, create and explain the concepts of leadership and leadership development, it just continues to flower and blossom within the HBA. And so now there are a lot of different types of events where, for example, the concept of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is a leadership skill, is something that we promote when we ask people to come to exercise activities that maybe they've never tried. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I've done it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) There There we go. Well, that's what we're known for in HBA. So I have to ask you, um, Jessica and Ashley, talk about SMART goals. What are some examples of SMART goals? Who wants to tackle that? You want to start, Jess? Okay, I'll start. Um, The way I do my SMART goals, and this was great because Liz, while a leader within the Fit to Lead um, group and cohort this past year, she led a session on setting SMART goals. And I really took it seriously as I started my fitness for that particular week. So what I do is I look at each race and I figure out three goals that I want to personally accomplish. So one example was my very first triathlon, if you could imagine this, what I looked like is I had to swim the entire distance backstroke. So I, of course, you know, did my best, but I was zigging and zagging. I think I swam at least a mile out of a 500-meter race um, there, but I did it, and that was the exciting part. So my next race, I set a smart goal of how I would train to know I could do a freestyle swim. So I said, okay, I have to set the goal of 800 meters freestyle by a certain date, and that's how I evolved my smart goals. But I always do, to complement that, a lesson learned after each after each race as well, so I could build on that for the next future race. Oh, I mean, right there is is the business link as well. I mean, this right, is about right. planning and executing. This is wonderful. Absolutely. So I have a question now. So we, we're into this 30 minutes, and I have to ask you, for women who are just getting started, and let's start with Julie, what is the most important advice to to women who are just starting to get fit and who want to get their life a little bit more streamlined. Julie? Sorry, I would say, (laughs) here I am, Julie's back. Um, I would say take the time to do it. I mean, I, I think women have the tendency to put themselves at the bottom of that list, the importance of that. It, it's so important that that becomes a party in their life and that you don't give up. So I would say, you know, those, those two things, it, it's got to be on at the top of your list because you'll be a better um, leader, mother, sister, whatever friend, if you take care of yourself and make a commitment to improving your health. I think so too, um, Ashley. Yeah. Let's let's go to you. G- give me some advice. Sure. Act like I'm the I'm the new gal. Yeah. So um, four things. Uh, register for something. So whether that's a spin class, a yoga mm-hmm. weekend, uh, a crazy uh, hiking adventure through the uh, Grand Canyon, uh, registering. For yourself for something, throwing your hat over the wall, so to speak, uh, 
at least increases the odds that you will have to climb over that wall to get to the to your hat. So if you register for something, it uh, it, it it kind of puts your your butt on the line, and you uh, are more likely to do it. Um, also, when you're registering for something, try to register ideally with a group. So one of my favorite things to do is to go to, to a spin class. Now, can I cycle by myself? Sure, I could, you know, on a bike in the gym or outside or on my trainer at home. But I find that when I um, work out with a group, I do. I work harder, I have more fun, and I don't feel alone. Um, sometimes in December, you know, I've done. I've signed up for two of these. I I sign up for five Ks, and sometimes nobody goes with me. I, I'm, you know, like no no friends or family. I just go by myself because it makes a difference for me to be surrounded by people, and I assert that it does for other people too. And it makes it getting started a little easier. Um, the third point is virtually commit to someone. Well, so virtually, if it has to be virtual, it could be your husband or your wife or your uh, girlfriend, uh, commit to someone. And the more, the better. So Facebook is a great way to really put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm taking this on for 30 days. Please ask me about it. You know, that really mm-hmm. puts you out there and it Makes might you accountable. be a, Yeah, it makes you accountable, and it might feel a little scary, but it really will. You know, sometimes we we need to scare ourselves into action. And the last point that for getting started I have is set a preliminary goal. So I just mentioned 30 days. So 30 days, this class, that activity, make something, you know, like little milestones that you can try out so that you can get some quick hit wins. So you, you know, you feel like a winner and you feel like, and that will fuel your energy to commit to the next thing. Yeah, Ladies, I'm sure you have other things. (laughs) I would also add that um, I I had to change my attitude or my approach to certain things. Like I, I love chasing that finish line and crossing that finish line, but I had to take a step back and really I started to savor the journey. So even savoring workouts, I was smiling, you know, working out, because that's really the essence, you know, of Fit to Lead. And uh, so when I get to the start line, all that hard work, this is now the fruit of this hard work, you know, comes. Mm-hmm. And Liz, you've mentioned this along the way. So that's why I'm like, I'm so joyful going through a race. And I'm watching people, and I'm enjoying people. I'm seeing people in front of me. And uh, can I go faster on the bike? And what would that feel like? And feel a breeze in my face. So that's, um, I I really like savoring being in the moment. I love that, Jessica. That's just kick-ass, I have to say. Um, So let's, let's, so I think we've, we've, we've wrapped our arms around advice, but now I want to put all of you on the hot seat. And we'll start with with you, Ashley. As we roll into 2016, and 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 it's here. I mean, we look back, we've had a successful yeah. year as a group of friends and support group and all of that. What, what are your four words for 2016? Don't pick me first. <laughs> Ashley, you're on the hot seat. Uh, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm blowing okay. it. 
Uh, I'm trying, dear. Uh, one is improvement. That's one thing I want. Um, a, this Athena project, so Athena comes to mind when I think of that. Um, I'm, I've convinced others to join me in this triathlon journey, so friendship is another big one, and uh, joy. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, Liz, you're on. Oh, I didn't. Do you want four different words? So you want a sentence yeah. with four words? Oh, four, four different, different words. words. Four different words. Because I was going to say, bring along a friend. Ooh, if you yeah, could, okay. if you could bring just one more oh, person like along your journey with you and have her change her perspective and her attitude and and her life, to me that's okay. that's made that's made it worthwhile. So I think they would be like four words. Bring along yeah, a friend. Yeah, that's good. Dang, that's that's really good and quick too. Okay, Julie. Hard act to follow there, but I would say going to this year, um, I want to say love, laugh, lead, and lift. And lift pertains to athletic system, making sure that you're lifting, I would say raising the bar, but really speaking to, you know, what am I going to do this year? The Grand Canyon was a great experience, and I thank Liz for, for nudging me to complete that with her. But um, I think that that's going to be one of my to do all my to do this this year. I have to pick up a big event to train for just to keep me motivated. So, love, laugh, lead, and lift. Wow! Cool. And they all start mm. with L. Okay, I'm loving that. So amazing. All right, I've got one. Okay, <laughs> go Ashley. <laughs> all right, mine's going to be grab your own greatness. Oh, dang, that's good. All right. All right, ladies. Well, I just have to tell you, all of you have inspired me to stop dreaming of chocolate cake. And I'm Oh, no, putting... don't stop that. Uh, <laughs> that comes but... with us. <laughs> and then I have to say that, that I am swimming every day. And now that Ashley might be moving down to the southern regions here, I have a feeling I might need to get in shape much quicker. So I want to thank Leanna. Okay, I have to tell you now I've got an accountable group. I want to thank all of our <laughs> listeners um, for your support in 2015. As we roll into 2016, you'll be hearing a lot more from women, women like these that you've heard today. My wish for you in 2016 is that you set your goals big, dream big, and uh, I'll be honest, lose some of that butt fat. I'm just telling you right now, right, gals? Now's the time. All right. Mm-hmm. I want to have you ladies back. I can't wait to see what 2016 has for all of us. Thank you all. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you. Bye-bye.